That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything of people afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? I love that we're winging it. I do too. Do you see it on my face? <laughs> it's like like we we semi wing it most of the time. Well, so we're really so we're on we're like I think this is our seventh or eighth month. So Morgan's gonna take the uh what do you call those things? The, the show notes. The show notes for a while. And you already forgot what you were I doing. Know, man. You've I'm been like, doing Woo! it the whole time. <laughs> And uh, and we are winging it even more than normal this this session because we decided in the car on the way over what we we're going to look. Talk how about. the preparation is the key to success. We are so prepared, but it's key. Like I always talk to tell people. One, thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, I guess we should do an actual like. Yeah, yeah thank you for listening. <laughs> thank Welcome you for being back here. to Welcome another episode. <laughs> we are here to speak about life no no all all bs aside um i always tell people that the truth doesn't change right and so some people um do things differently you like to take notes but i know you personally and i know if i asked you a question you would be able to answer it on a dime mm-hmm. like it, it we, there's certain things that we just are good at and then but the truth doesn't change means is when you're speaking about something that is your truth and something you've lived if, if you write notes or you don't write it down, right, you're still going to be able to give the same information. The problem is a lot of people are doctoring up what they do because they're trying to present themselves to the world differently. And so they write out scripts of, like, how this is how it should go, and then they wonder why it doesn't connect with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I usually take notes so I don't interrupt people. Because yeah. I'm, I am notorious for like, oh, I have a thought while somebody's talking, and then it, it escapes me, and so I normally, uh, that's when I'm scribbling stuff. Because down. It's, at the day we don't, we, we never really have a plan. We have a subject, that's and, true, and that we can both speak on, uh, just like today's subject. Uh, this I don't know if this is, this may be a new one for you, like post traumatic growth. New in the sense of talking about it. Okay. On, I mean, I've sat through. Other, uh, what do you call them, like, not conferences, but engagements where people are talking about post-traumatic growth or post-traumatic winning or post-traumatic. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. I ain't going to say where that one yeah, came from. But. <laughs> there's there's all kinds of post-traumatic stuff out there. But I think it's a, it's a great topic, especially for a lot of stuff that's going on nowadays. and and uh, Life. Life, yeah. Life, right. We, we have gotten caught up in post-traumatic stress and um not to get deep into like we're not gonna get deep into military stuff it will be some obviously because we were from the military right retired navy and marine right and so but what we have to understand is like the titles that we give ourselves kind of come with this responsibility right or it could be this weight that people bear um like, and this is a good, you know, we're talking about post-traumatic growth today, but, like, one big one that comes to mind is ADHD, right? Um, usually, when people are told that they have that, they're like, oh, my God, it's it's like it's like, getting, like you've been told you got cancer, mm-hmm. right? 
so over time it becomes down to this pieces where it's the one thing that's been holding you back because you thought that because you had this that you were less than but ADHD doesn't have to be seen or any other title doesn't have to be seen as a negative thing I think that's where um, people miss it they say well once I have this then I'm a victim it's that victim mentality well yeah you're not and it's more like a label like the label is what you're talking about. And right. when I think of trauma, there's so many different types of it. But the one that comes to mind for me, especially that's relevant to our podcast, would be somebody who's experienced a bad team or mm-hmm. a bad boss. Mm-hmm. That is wildly traumatic <laughs> and can leave people really <laughs> like stumbling for a while because of an experience they had at a previous organi- organization or the previous boss. Has that ever happened to you? Like, I mean, it has. I never asked you a lot of questions, so I'm going to ask you a lot more questions. We talked about this, too, because, like, there's more things that I want to – Oh, we were just talking about this in the car, like how are you like the the, the hippie ninja, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, silent but deadly type, you know. Uh, but, you know, you do a lot of mentorship. You do a lot of helping other people, but, like, I don't think a lot of many people ask you about you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> That's a no. They don't because if you don't know for sure, then it's probably not happening. But like, has that ever? Like, have you ever had someone or environment that really messed you up and you took it somewhere else? And like, wh- what does that look like? What like do you have a story? I've worked for, you know, it was a Jack Black movie. I think it was called High Fidelity, where he's like top five this, top ten that. Mm-hmm. And I I think about things in that sense sometimes and. I have the top in my mind, and I, you know, obviously not say their names out loud, but I have the top three to five worst leaders I've ever experienced. Mm. Whether I work for them directly or was just kind we, of we in that say, circle. We can't say their names? I'm not going to be saying nobody's names, man. Come on. I know y'all want to hear it, too. <laughs> Those were a master class in what not to do, and they also left me gun shy for lack of a better term or I, when, you, I when you say gun shy like, what is well, that? some people might not understand what yeah that and i'm trying to think of a good way to explain it it definitely left me in a place where i was not trusting of the next leader that came in yeah. right out of the gate and that it could be the same as if you had a bad breakup we've all probably experienced a bad breakup most of us have at least and you go into that next relationship kind of with your tippy toe Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, is this one carrying gonna, that pain with you? That's right. Yeah. You know, is this one gonna dump me too, or, or you know, just ghost me and never call again, or whatever, whatever the. And so, with those leaders specifically, I was going into the next leadership experience or relationship, if you will, just putting my toe in the water. So there was it definitely decreased my level of trust in the person coming in, unfortunately, and that's not fair. And that's something that I grew from as well as I got older and matured was realizing just because the last relationship was bad doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. And now I've shifted gears or not now, but like, you know, after I matured, Once you realized. that's right. I shifted <laughs> gears into starting everybody off with a clean slate. So if I had a really bad leader, I would take the qualities from them. There were some good qualities. And so I would take those on board, but then I would also take on the lessons of, I definitely don't want to do that when I'm in a position of leadership. And then I would carry that forward 
you know, and into my own experiences. But the next person coming in, once I matured, I was able to wipe the slate clean and say, okay, you have 100% of my trust. It's yours to, to build on or lose. Did you ever share that with them? Like, did you ever share, you know, something that I have, like, tried to do more is, like, tell people how I'm feeling about an environment or how about them or being more transparent on what I'm bringing to the table. It could be trauma. It could be joy or whatever it is. Like, you know, uh, I see people, if I want to tell a, a gentleman, like, man, I really, I really like what you're wearing today, bro. Like, I want... I used to didn't say that because I was like, oh, that's, this, that's inappropriate or tell a, a woman that she's beautiful that's not my wife. But I'm like, man, well, some, sometimes people are walking through these, this world and they don't know the impact that they're having or if they even exist, right? They, they walk through things like nobody sees them. And so but what I like to do is like I, I like to share that with people, even my, my mentors or the people that I'm going to work for is like this is – kind of what you're getting did you ever like let them know that you were tainted by these other people or did you think that may have like had them looking down on you or was it maybe it wasn't is it even appropriate to do that i let later <sighs> as i matured i let people know when i was younger and in those situations okay. where i had a bad leader i didn't have the confidence or probably the professional acumen if you will mm -hmm. to to say to a leader that you know, here's 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 how you're not um, serving the team the best way, or you mm -hmm. know, however you could say it in a politically correct. But basically, here's where you're messing up, or here's why everybody hates working for you, or whatever. As I got older and matured and gained some seniority, I definitely let those people know, and it had an impact on some and not others. Oh no, wait. So, so you, I mean, what it sounds like to me is like. You got when you had the um, <laughs> when you had the power, right? Then you were able to like be more open with people around you, because um, uh, I you know we have people listening from all levels. Like, what do we wait? Like, you know, what happened if they're sitting in the position right now? And I can remember myself as like think even for you, like when you weren't saying anything, how you felt holding that in. Like, what do we tell people that are probably dealing with this right now how to work through that internally? Because if you're not – this is the thing. Like, when you let stuff sit, this is like, that's what they call post-traumatic stress, right? Like, it, it's, it's stress. It's your suffering. Something happening is within you that's causing you to stress, and you let it fester, and you don't know how to deal with it, right? So you can't have growth from it because you don't understand it. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to move forward. Um how to me as a, as a subordinate or someone at, at a lower level, how do I not play the victim? I just wrote down victim and stress. <laughs> so stress is interesting because it's stressing your system. Right. And there's good stress and bad stress. What we're talking about is obviously bad, bad stress. stress. Or awful stress. Absolutely. It's stressing your system and you do need to deal with that. The victim mentality is something that you can control. So you can control the stress that you're having that is being applied to you and how you deal with it. And that's a part of getting out of the victim mindset and creating a new version of what you want to be or at least how it's affecting you. And the unique thing about the military is we can't just say, 
you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave and I'm going to, I'm going to get away from this leader. This mm -hmm. leader is because toxic leaders are a primary reason that people leave an organization or a team. And we don't have that luxury in the military of saying this leader sucks. I need to get out of here. You do have to deal with it in a way that it's not stressing you and that you're also not falling into that victim role. That I think is, is the crux of this conversation today is how do you grow? How do you, how do you turn mm -hmm. this negative, especially if you and, and, you know, some people might be listening out there. They're like, well, hey, I'm a civilian, but I can't leave my job either because I need the money that it brings in. You know, yeah, sure, you always have an option, but right. there's going to be there's going to be consequences. Right. That's a tough thing to deal with. And, and growth is really where it's at and shifting that mindset to. How can I make the best out of this bad situation? You say with that that uh, that separation from civilian to military makes me think, you know, um, for for those that don't understand, like in the military, and I, I, matter of fact, I just had this epiphany in my head right now. Like, it's not something I always, and I'm because I'm still learning. As we we've retired, right? We're transitioning. I think still for the first year, we're still transitioning. Well, you may be I'm out year. now. Yeah, I'm still transitioning. So there's a lot of things that I'm realizing that I was like, I used to tell people like, yeah, just just do this, just do this. And they were like, well, I just can't do that, right? It's not the same because I, I can go to anyone almost within the military world and say, this is what I want, this is what I don't like. And guess what? I don't have to worry about, I might have, you know, sometimes there is always some, retaliation that could happen to you depends on how you bring it to the person but we lived in such a structured world that we were in a bubble that people on the civilian sector they can't do almost half the stuff that we were able to do and they didn't have the structure or the culture where it was understandable or acceptable because i can go to you i say you know jody you my boss he's like matchy boom, boom boom this is going on this is what's happening with me and this is how I feel, and they're like this. They're like, well, let me help you, and you know, let's go to work on this. And here, you want to go see Chaplin? You want to go? Um, you, is there something else? Let's go to uh, Af, you know, Inflac, or let's go to the readiness center. And we had all these resources to go here and there, and it was free. That's the big one, right? It was free, right? And then the, you tell the civilians, and it's like, yeah, I said, just go tell your boss. I can't tell my boss, right? Because the culture is like, there's not even acceptance of of, of that in in, in in many places. And I I can remember me saying things like that. Just just talk to him, or just talk to her, or you know, tell him how you're feeling, and or or go see someone. And it's not that easy for people in the civilian world, right? Because a lot of those cultures are new, and they've never had a leadership structure. We are talking about 200 plus years of military culture within each each um, branch, service, yeah. yeah, each service that has developed this level of leadership and this, this level, somewhat level of transparency that doesn't exist in the corporate sector, right, or the business sector. And one, I want to say, I'm sorry that I didn't understand. Like, this first, let's go there. I get it now, being in that world and, you know, working with executives and working with, you know, C-suite executives, and you just can't ask for help. And then the help ain't free when you need it, right? And most a lot of companies don't even offer it that type of help you that's something that you have to do on your own time so when you got to work 
you know, um, a 10-hour a day or 8-hour day and go pick up the kids and make dinner and go to soccer practice. Like, when do you have time for you? And, again, I apologize because I didn't get it, and I get it now. But that doesn't take you off the hook from helping yourself, right? And I think that's the biggest piece is not it's not internalizing it, like the victim mentality and just getting stuck there. And a lot of people that I've <sighs> witnessed, they fall into that. Mm-hmm. And there's it's this weird dichotomy because you've got the culture in a good organization where – Somebody's probably listening and they, they're thinking to themselves, well, I could go tell my boss, but that's because you're in a good culture. Stay there. You're in a great, yeah, you're in a great situation. <laughs> Stay there because it ain't like that everywhere. I've learned that and I haven't even been out uh, 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 six months. <laughs> right. And then there's other organizations that don't have that type of culture. And those are the people I, I feel that really are sometimes stuck. Right. And so, you know, how do you, how do you handle that when you're in this, you know, and for lack of a better term, like traumatic situation or just... And it is. If you if you think about it, you know, and I think that there's statistics out there. We spend more time at work than you do, more waking hours at work than you do at home. So that is, that's who you're with all the time. I say it all the time, man. That is who you're with. Yeah. And for the younger person, to go back to your point, if you're, if you're young or junior or however you want to look at it, yeah, junior is probably a better word than young. Because I don't think age matters, but if you're a junior person in a team right. and you're in one of these situations where you're really stuck, your first line of defense would be your you, the if let's say you've got problems with the leader who's way up there, your first line of defense are, is the leader who's directly yeah. in charge of you right, right. Uh, or leading you. Now, if it's that person, to me, if it's that person, you've got a better chance of having a conversation with them than you do with the director of your whole department or something. Because you you have more of a person, I mean, not a person, but a, 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 a greater chance of a professional relationship that has been formed from the time that you're actually spending with that person. And they see you every day. Correct. Whereas the, you know, the, the super high leader might not. So I would recommend having that conversation, but this is where people fall into the victim mindset because they're telling themselves the story, I can't, go and talk to this person they're usually building something up in their head to be more than it is that prevents them from talking to that that leader i would agree sometimes but like what i'm thinking here is also you said about the the levels of leadership right in the military if you don't work i can go above you like right above you yeah right what i've learned is in the civilian sector, this this is in the military too, but more so I've I found it in the civilian sector, and I've been working in the civilian sector for years, right, even before I left the military, is that that next person might have hired that person you got a problem with. Like, they literally might be best friends or cousins, brothers, uncles. Like, it's, this is more likely to happen in the corporate sector because just the way things are, are working. Like, how do you deal with that, though? And that's where you, you know, you've got to sh- truly shift into creator mode. And if you're in a situation that you, it's just untenable, it's mm-hmm. beating you up, it's it's putting you in a bad place, the best thing for you to do would be, obviously, if you have to continue working there to, to make the money, but you should be looking for somewhere else to work. That seems so hard. for pe- I say that to people all the time. and it. That's us putting our stuff on it, though, because... We've not been out in the real world 
for other people bouncing from job to job. I've never not had a job. I know, and that's what like <laughs> like even before I joined the military, like I've, I had a job. I worked at Walgreens one hour photo. Before that, I was a dishwasher at the Holiday Inn, Crown Plaza. Then I was a line cook, and I've done a lot of stuff. And for me, I've never anything I've ever applied for, I've gotten. I've never, I mean, and obviously when you apply for the military, it's not kind of hard to get turned away, but it happens. So it does happen. Uh, it, it happens, but I, yeah, it is way more. It is. It's. It's. it's it seems scary to us, but I think that, and it seems to be especially with all that's going on in the world now. I feel like everywhere I go, they're understaffed. Yeah, but oh, that's a whole other subject. I know that's a whole other <laughs> subject. But my point is, you know, we're talking about growth, right? Right, so right. Growth could be, okay, I'm in a horrible it, situation, and growth is doing something different. That's right. Yeah, I'm in a horrible situation, <clears throat> so I'm going to own that. Going to make the best of what I can, what I can own, while trying to improve my position, which might be job searching in other places. Or whatever, so that you can leave that bad situation. And again, I go. I always go back to relationships. It's no different. If you're in a toxic relationship, you know you need to get out. A lot of people you have. You know a you time. need to get out. Don't mean that they leave, though. Of course. Yeah. The same thing happens with jobs. Yeah. yeah. Same thing happens with jobs. How many people are listening right now that are stewing in a job they hate? Who are you? I, I've actually. I was waiting for y'all to respond, but I realized that we're on a podcast yeah, and you we, can't respond. <laughs> no live audience. No live audience. But like, I meet people like that, you know, and I talk to people like that, that where they are. And, it, it, and it, it's a matter of fact, I've been there, even in the military, because when I hit 20 years, I was ready to go. I had a boss, um, and I was like, F this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, I no longer have to put up with it. Right. But then circumstances changed in my life with my children, like where they were going to school, college and all that stuff. And then you're like, it's I could leave. But and I'll just tell you my story, like I could leave. But how would it affect my family? Right. And so I'm one and I am supposed to be um, the leader of my family and. I have, you know, for me, I have, what, three or four people in my household at that time. Like, what decision do I make? Do I make it because I just don't feel comfortable anymore? Or am I? do I look at the bigger picture and say, like, how is this going to affect other people? I know other people come and they deal with that. And, like, for me, it, it took a – I had to get to the point where, I, you know, what was, again, lucky for people being in the military, and this is for people – transitioning out or that's never been in the military like our bosses rotate that's a guarantee mm -hmm. they are not always that's that's the one positive thing i could say that i had that boss but they were only going to be there a certain amount of time right and and so in many cases people don't get that they don't get that uh reprieve knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. A, yeah there's not a light that person i mean severe sector there's people that stay a job 40 years like literally one position, never leave an office, never leave a position, and they literally run it for 30, 40 years. You can't run from that. You have to leave. And that's the point, and that's the growth aspect of it. So when you said you were stuck or, you know, you had a situation, that, and that's felt, what I yeah, think of when, I'm, when people say they're stuck because right. it's not just, oh, it's, it's just me, and so I'm going to get out of here, no big deal. You have all these other things. And that's where I think people find themselves stuck in these 
bad culture, bad leadership situations. Those are the, the real life things that factor into these decisions. How you grow from that is up to you. I'm about to hit you with this, right? Because we've been on like corporate, business, military, companies, but you said something in the car that I think will probably resonate in every episode that we record uh, is, and you said it actually sitting here, there's a human aspect to it. There's a personal aspect. We talk about relationships and things like that. And I want people to understand, like if you're listening to this and, and you're in a place in your in your life, work or personal, if you don't change, if you don't change the situation, look for something different, like whatever it is that you're looking for, where you feel you should be or leaving where you feel you shouldn't be, then you can't, one, you can't play a victim. That's the first thing. Um, two is when we are going through something in one area of our lives, could be work, let's start there, you take that same negative energy and it goes a lot of other places that you probably don't want it to go. And that's what we call it post-traumatic. That's what they call it post-traumatic stress. Like that, it didn't just happen then, it happened to them and now it's affecting multiple areas of their lives. So the term post-traumatic growth is like, this happened to me, how can I change, grow, improve from it? And sometimes it is leaving. Sometimes it is doing something else. Um, but we have to understand that the connection to, like you just said, we spend over half our lives working for somebody. Over half our lives. Like I remember, especially when you're on salary, you probably, you know, you, we could say, oh, eight hours a day. You might be there 10, 12, and on weekends. And if you add up that amount of time compared to the amount of time you spend with your loved ones, then that's, in most cases, 99.5% of cases, you're going to end up where your professional life is getting more of you than your personal life. What does that mean for those listening? That means that if you're feeling this way in 70, 80% of your life and the 30% of your life is your family, that big as it is, that energy is going to be transferred to everywhere else. So you see it, you see divorces happen from it. You see bad relationships with your kids happen from it. You see bad relationships happening with your, your spouses or your mother, your father, because you are so caught up in how you hate your life that you want everybody else to feel how much you hate your life. And that deteriorates the relationship with the people that will, or will, that will and most likely be there at the end of that that one form, that one part of your life, that job, that, that that career, because that will end. Like that is not in that is not infinite. That's finite. But family, as we see it as a culture, is supposed to be right infinite. It's supposed to be forever. And so we have to understand that that time that we are living in dread, that time that we're allowing life to happen to us, and we're not making life happen affects the ones we love the most and that ain't fair to them and i would even add it let's say you don't have a family let's say you're single okay. and you've let's got a group of friends and and the other piece that we talk about all the time is loving yourself right and so your family the the 
example Morgan's using as the family could be you and your friends when you're out of work. But again, if you're not, if you're like not happy at work and you're coming home, these are the people that find themselves just not doing anything all day because, you know, they're, so they're not in a good place. They're not in a healthy place. The flip side of that is, and we've both seen this, people that are not happy at home bringing that stuff into work. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and, it, and so we're using the word trauma, but really <clears throat> trauma is the inciting incident. It's, it's the trigger, if you want to call it that. It's the catalyst for everything. This, this the like, origin. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's the thing, and it doesn't have to be this massive event. It could be, it could be one thing that day there could be this one inciting incident that day and the, the beauty behind this is we talk about like self-work and self-care and all of those things self-awareness it's how do you say this thing happened to me somebody cut me off in traffic is that going to ruin your day or are you going to learn to grow from that and not let that ruin and not carry it around uh what, what what comes to mind is like and this is random. I don't, this has never happened to me, but I could see this happening. When like as you talked about that, it's like you're at work or at home, but we're gonna start at work with this one. And they say your opinion doesn't matter here. You go home to your friends, to your family, whoever you're close to, and then uh, something happens where you feel your opinion doesn't matter. They never said that. Never. It never came out there. You're mouth. assuming it. You're assuming it. Which we say never do. Yeah, right? Because you make your ass out of yourself and, and umption. Ass out of you and me. And me. Okay, there we go. That's, yeah, there we go. Ass out of you and me. Oh, that's a good one. Damn. Credit that to my dad. <laughs> and so that's the biggest, that, that's an example for those that don't understand it, right? And it can happen vice versa, where you can be with somebody, one of your best friends, or uh, somebody you call your friend or brother or sister, and they're like, bro, your opinion doesn't matter. And then you take that back into your job, and then you, like, you're fighting for your opinion to matter. They're like, what's wrong with Charlie? Like, what's wrong with Sue? Yeah. Like, what's going on with them? Why well, are they going crazy Why are they meeting? going crazy in the meeting? Because that morning somebody told them something that they were like, I be damned. <laughs> and so they went into an environment, and as a leader, this just makes it even more makes you more dangerous actually because it's more pronounced yes and you affect some you affect other people with that like when you're just you're working for somebody or you're just a part of the team like you don't your voice is not as big not 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 in like a well some places it, it, like literally your voice doesn't mean anything but like sometimes the impact that you make by the title you hold is dictated by the title you hold right but you could also as the young team member in your example, you could turn into the cancer that starts to spread through the yeah. team. Yep. yep. So you got to catch it. I mean, that's the that's the biggest part, man. And you know, I come, I didn't come, we didn't come up with post traumatic growth. There's a lot. There's like literally studies regarding post traumatic growth. Uh, it came from you know, for me in my military time, where uh, a lot of us, many of us, have post traumatic uh, stress. Uh, it's no longer called stress disorder, but post traumatic stress. And what I've learned from me and people are like, oh, you got PTS? I'm like, yes, I do. But I remember also when it was, I was, it was an unhealthy place. It was a very unhealthy place, and in fact, it affected my, 
it affected my whole life. Like everything that encompasses my it affected work. I didn't want to be there. I had anxiety. I was depressed. Uh, I have survivor's remorse, and I go home, and I, nobody understood. Nobody got it. That was myself. I'm alone. Like everywhere I went, it was a part of a relationship of so some way, shape, or form. But then I made a choice. I was like, I'm tired of feeling like this, you know, and it was for me seeking help, uh, seeking help and not in the workplace, but also in a professional sense where I had a counselor tell me, it's like, you're going there focused on the wrong things, right? If you focus on what's bad, then all you're going to know is what's bad because I was going to work, like anxiety is high and I didn't, because I didn't want to be there because of A, B, and C, but he asked me, I remember, I'll never forget, this was at Camp Hill, and he asked me, he said, why do you like being there? Yeah. And I was like, the people. So focus the, on the, the people. The people. And he told me exactly that. Focus and, on the people. Don't focus on nobody else. Stay in your own, your own lane and focus on the people. And I'm telling you, when I focused on what I cared about the most about the things that I say I hated the most, <sighs> growth. And that's exactly <laughs> it. You know, so. Growth. Tips, I was just thinking like tips for people for growth. And and again, I think trauma gets a trauma gets a bad rap. Or it's it's there's a lot of weight in that word because people anything think anything negative gets a bad rap, but it like we can't have yin without yang, can't have light without dark. Like it's just it's just the way the universe works. But I think trauma is it's people when they think of it, it's gotta be this it was a massive car wreck or it was a train wreck or it was you know, you yes. you went to war or whatever. Yes. Again, and I don't know if somebody calls it micro trauma, whatever. I just think of like something bad happened. You can't it, forget about it. And it yeah, it made me mad. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or it made and me feel. And it makes feel, you mad every time you think about it. Yeah. It made me feel this way <clears throat> or whatever. How you choose to grow from that is what's going to get you out of a bad situation or keep you stuck in it and just swirling the drain. Yeah. I, 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 I will go with. Like seek help, like ask as a mentor, as a friend, I mean, somebody you trust and you believe that has the knowledge. Like you can't. This is the thing: somebody you trust and believe that has the knowledge to help you, because you can't ask everybody because everybody's not in the place. And so that's where one part of me is like I was seeking understanding from people that hadn't been through what I've been through, and or hadn't experienced, or weren't even trained to handle what I was going through. And so, of course, they're not going to get it, right? Of course, your wife ain't going to get it. She don't work with you. Mm -hmm. She ain't at that job. Of course, your boss ain't going to get it. He ain't, he ain't married to your husband, right? He not, he's, he, he's not going to understand. He, he got his own relationship to worry about. And so you have to find a place that can give you the tools to grow through it. And in most cases, in many cases, it's not with the people sometimes that are closest to you. You might have to think outside the box. You might have to go to a counselor session. And guess what? If you can't afford that, then there's books, right? There's YouTube. There's a lot of different things that you can look at to kind of give you the tools to to grow, right? And a lot of times we get so stuck and say, "I is there's nothing for me because we ain't looked in the right places. And you got to keep looking until you find it too. I would say... Ask yourself first, what assumptions am I making about this situation? What am I telling myself? What am I telling myself? Yeah. Am I assuming that my leader, for instance, hates everything I do? 
or are they actually telling me? I hate everything. I hate everything you do. Diddy does, or she does. <laughs> right, but there's a difference between somebody saying, hey, Jody, I need you to rework this project that didn't quite meet the mark, and somebody throwing something at me and saying, Jody, this sucks. I don't even know why we have you working here. Somebody saying, hey, Jody, this, this report didn't make the mark. I need you to retool I it. I still work through that type of stuff. Yeah. That's objective. Yeah. Yeah. And am I assuming trauma on that part? Am yeah. I assuming the negative when really the boss is just – Saying, hey, this is, you know, didn't meet the mark. So once you figure Literally out. his job or her job. <laughs> exactly. Once you figure out the assumptions you're making and really parse those things down to what's going on, then you can start to look for growth. And again, I don't want everybody thinking that we're talking about massive trauma. It's really how can you grow from all the, the ankle biters, the death by a thousand cuts kind of mm -hmm. stuff to add up. But how can you grow from those things and get out of that, like shift out of that victim mindset to where all of this is happening to me and take control of it? And, and you, the, the example you used is all about taking control. Because we only, you know, we say this a thousand times if we said it once, right? You can only control yourself. Many people don't believe that. They need to believe it. But like, that's that part of that. It's that it's how we... It's the victim piece. It's that victim. And because people are like, well, this this has happened to me. This has happened to me. I have no control. You, al you always have control of how you handle, perceive, contemplate, deal with, process a situation. Always. It might not be what you want. Like, you don't like that job? You should probably leave. Well, that sounds easy. No, it, it's not easy. Like growth is not easy. Like this is the one thing I'm not trying to, we're not here trying to say, just go do this and everything will be fine. Growth is never easy, especially when it's something that you may not have control over. So that means you have to realize what you can do and do your best with what the, the things that you're presented. That's, that's all you can do. If you get stuck in, in that victim mindset and you continue even now, even and this is a victim mindset, like, because there's there there's a situation where people actually did something to you. Yeah, that's that's for real. Yeah, You're that's real, right? You're, you, but how you deal with that? It could, it could be a, a huge trauma, or it could be something what you like you said micro trauma, small, whatever it is. You still have to deal with that, and so it's easy to say that one thing is bigger than the other. But you you have to live with that. Like whatever they did to you, they don't have to live with it. They they probably won't. Most time, people are not even thinking about it after they've done it, or you, might not even know they did. not even know they did it. But you have the responsibility to you to decide how you want to continue living your life, being in being in your workspace, being at home. Like you have the power, and you don't always. We talked a lot about about moving on and growing from. None of that means that you have to leave. Yeah. None of that means you had to leave. That means you got to do something. Growth is just doing something different. Maybe it's telling them how you feel because you've been holding in. And like like to your point a few minutes ago, they might not even know they did it. That happens all the time because people are making assumptions. That's the big, <laughs> what assumptions am I making? A great book, I don't know if we've recommended it before, it's called The Power of Ted. And so it's it's pretty thin. It's, uh, it's a very quick read, few hours. It's hokey. Because it's it's written in like a fable format. Okay. But it's called the power of Ted. Why is it hokey? Why has it to be hokey? Well, it's it's. Or are you making assumptions? 
for me, it's a little, but the book is fantastic and I recommend it all the time to people. Right. It talks about the dreaded drama triangle versus the creator model. And so if you think of a fire triangle, okay. you know how you have to have fuel, air, and spark, I think, or ignition or whatever? Mm -hmm. It's the same, th same thing. And the drama triangle has victim, right? It's the victim mindset. Okay. Then there's the persecutor uh, and... I forget the other part right now because I'd have anyway, and then there's the creator version of it. So it's this story of this guy is walking on the beach and this guy comes up and is exp this guy is talking about all the things that have been done to him, mm. where he's a victim. And so then as they're walking the beach and that's why I say it's kind of hokey. This guy is like telling him about the dreaded drama triangle and the creator, uh, the, being the creator. But it is a great book, and after you read that, you will catch yourself. I catch myself saying. Am I playing the victim here? And if I am, what do I do? What do I need to do to get out of it? And we see this all the time with, you know, again, one of those little kind of traumatic moments. Somebody else was promoted and you weren't. Mm. People hold crazy grudges over that stuff. I don't care if you're I military, civilian. Yep. Exactly. And they didn't even promote themselves. They were put by somebody else and you mad at them. And how often does that, you know, and so think oh, I about know, yeah. what that does to teams. Think about what it does to organizations. Yeah. How do you get selected? <laughs> and you see people when that happens to them and they shift into the creator mode and they grow from it and they say, okay, let me sit down with my leader and say, what am I not doing? What am I not doing yeah. that will get me? That's the difference between somebody sitting there and stewing over it, taking on all that stress. I dare you get promoted before me. Yeah. And somebody shifting gears and saying, okay, well, I didn't get it this time. That sucks. It hurts. There has to Take be a an reason. hour, yep. you know, cry in your milk and, and get it all out. And then and then get after it and figure out what you've got to do to change. And maybe that change is leaving that organization. Or maybe that change is figuring out, wow, I didn't do A, D, or G. I did all the other things, but I'm missing those. Or whatever it happens to be. Right. But that's the difference between growing from something that is – you know, using my air quotes, traumatic, and stewing in it. Post-traumatic growth. That's the key. But that was good, though. Yeah, that man. Was, that, I think I know that people will learn from that, and it was a very um, insightful episode regarding, like, growth and, you know, how we look at things. We can be, we can play the victim. And there's many words that we can say victim and success or post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. The key is don't be stuck. Right. You're, you're not stuck at all. Only if you you're stuck if you decide to stay where you are, or in and, and that's not uh, always a physical thing, but that's also a mental and an emotional decision as well. And they always say grow where you're planted. Yes, they do. So if you were planted in rotten soil, do your best to grow there, and maybe you've got to go find another pot. Cultivation. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, that that's that brings us to a close and that brings us to an end. I I know you got something good from that and. And you can use that, that that term. You can do some research. You know the book the book name again. So for the people listening, oh, the power of Ted. The power of Ted. I think I'm gonna check it out too. It's not about Ted talks. The guy's name no. is Ted. That's okay. where it comes from. I like I like power of Ted. <laughs> so it should be enjoyable. But you know, we enjoy bringing value to you, and we enjoy bringing things that you want to hear. So when you're giving us those five star reviews and you you writing those paragraphs, like tell us what you want to hear. Uh, on a post where you see 
our our podcast, like a little sizzle reel, like tell us, like, hey, I would love to be on. I'd love to hear this. And have you talked about this subject? Let us know, like, what we can do for you and how we can help you grow in the areas of your life that um, you want to change. 100%. We love hearing from you. And uh, I think that's going to wrap us for another episode. Another one. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. All right. See you later. Bye.